Welcome to another episode of The Clinical Scoop. This is episode three. We are bringing you guys practicality. We are trying to reach you clinicians, you smart people like Dr. Al. Not like me and Chris. I mean, we're hey. humbled to be in your presence. <laughs> that was guys. very kind of you, Dan. We need more <laughs> of you guys doing research. We need more of you guys to understand that you, yes, you can actually do research. You don't need to be at Yale University to do research. Matter of fact, it's better you do it in your own office. You know, whatever the name of your clinic is, you add on a research because you want to give your patients an alternative. You on the cutting edge of research, you want to bring on additional revenue streams for your business. So this is what we're passionate about. Myself, Chris, Dr. Al, Monica, who's attempting to log in. She'll get here eventually, but uh, we need more of you guys on here, all right, because we need to discuss practical aspects of doing research. And so today, what we're going to be talking about, we're going to go through three uh, studies that are live on clinicaltrials.gov. So let me share my screen, and we're going to go through it. And while Well, I'm sharing it. How are you, Dr. Alan, Chris? How are you guys doing? Doing fine. Safe away from COVID. Good. And Chris? Yeah, the same. Uh, trying to avoid COVID. Not that, eh, I'm not. I don't want to have. So well. let's look at clinicaltrials.gov. Okay, we're going to look at these three studies that are not yet recruiting. Okay. And we're going to talk, Dr. Al is going to talk the science. Me and Chris are going to talk the practical aspects of doing this in your site. And Dr. Al will as well because he owns a clinic. And then Monica will as well. And Monica has some stats she wanted to share too. So let's go to the first one, Dr. Al. You said you're interested in this one, the phase 1B2 trial, uh, the self-vaccine to prevent COVID-19. Uh, using the... I, I think using the dendritic cell as the uh, vector or the uh, carrier for an antigen to be carried for the body to produce antibody is an old idea, but the novel part about it is uh, uh, the way they're introducing this. Uh... Oh. Wow, what is this? The way they're introducing this thing is uh, through uh, autologous dendritic cell loading uh, the SARS-CoV antigen in different dosing with uh, granulocytic uh, GMCSF, which is the mission we use to boost the white blood cell when, after the chemotherapy. And with or without GM. Okay, I see. So this is adaptive phase 1B2 trial vaccine autologous dendritic cells loaded with antigens from SARS-CoV-2. So have you seen this kind of a uh, mechanism before? No. And other indications? No, this is a very novel uh, approach for introducing the antigen to the body through GMCSF and dendritic cells. Okay, so let's look at the detailed description, okay? Uh, and then Chris, feel free to chime in. We're gonna get to the inclusion exclusion criteria and the different arms and the treatment arms. Uh, and then we're gonna go through 
you know, how we would possibly do this study if we were a site interested in the study, as an example. And we're going to speculate on what the budget might be. I don't know. Chris is, that's Chris's expertise, is what, what's the budget. So here, uh, subjects eligible for treatment will be those who are not actively infected with SARS. So any of us can join if we wanted to. Uh, no evidence of prior infection and give informed consent for vaccination. After enrolling, subjects will provide a five milliliter of serum from which a rapid test for anti-coronavirus antibodies will be performed and 50 milliliters uh, blood from peripheral blood monocytes will be isolated and differentiated. Uh, so anything unusual so far? Dr. Al, about this? I, I think everything is, uh, so far is uh, very, very good in uh, explaining the trial. Okay. The autologous dendritic cell will then be incubated for two days with SARS-CoV-2 antigens. Safety and quality testing will be performed on a small quantity and the remaining uh, DCV will be cryo cryopreserved for shipping. Okay, so they're taking your own, uh, basically. Uh, so how does this work, Dr. L? This is they're trying to, uh, to, to, it's a phase one study. So it's only to see the uh, safety of the study in, in a patient where they're going to introduce an antigen uh, through the genetic cell to the body and they're going to measure the uh, antibody that's produced through uh, this uh, uh, DCV, the genetic cell vaccine. Okay. Yes. And they will measure it in different doses. Uh, they're going to give the, GMCSF to enhance the response and the inflammation that can happen through the vaccine and see if it is lower dose of GM, GMCSF better than higher dose or if it is uh, gonna have any effect comparing to the placebo uh, people. The, all the volunteer in this study gonna be healthy individual to measure their response. No one will be infected and they're gonna measure the, the, the COVID-19 uh, body response to it in different doses. So once the study drug is ready, which is two days, uh, uh, the Ma subject- they're, they're gonna take the antigen incubated with dendritic cells in the body and okay give it to the patient and then after that giving the patient GMCSF trying to boost the immune system and see how and then measuring the vaccine uh, the titer of the antibody in the body to see mm -hmm. how long and most probably they're gonna one of the if uh, one of the one of the Uh, efficacy and the uh, optimal dose of the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Here's the primary outcomes. Confirm safety. Uh -huh. uh, so six months for the subject. Confirm safety by adverse event monitoring. Because it's uh, phase secondary one study. Outcome. Yeah. Do you think there's any possible risk to subjects with this? Uh, I, I think the main risk going to happen. I don't think they it's not a live vaccine, they, they will not get infected, maybe allergic reaction, the main thing, if it happens. Okay. Okay. 
Now, let's get into the, so it's pretty straightforward. It seems like they want 180 participants. So when I'm a research site and I'm looking at this number, okay, and I'm thinking, because remember, this study is not yet recruiting. So this means that the sponsor might be looking for more sites, okay? The study hasn't started, so they need 180 patients. Now, I don't know, you know, like, you feel like this is there's there's no real dangers here but to get a patient to want to do a study and this one the inclusion exclusion criteria okay let's go to the inclusion exclusion criteria Dan. yeah may i ask a question it's just a curiosity question yeah. um so dr al um flu vaccinations aren't they don't work that well right i mean they're not it's not 100 percent that they're going to work flu vaccinations so we're not, we don't have a really good uh, track history of uh, vaccinations for viruses. What, what do you, and I'm just pure speculation, what do you think the possible outcome would be for a COVID vaccination to work? I mean, to work entirely, 100%. Uh, for COVID-19? Yeah. There's more than 200 companies now trying to approach the vaccine in different way. Okay, and I think last week the one of the companies that they in phase one and two studies, Moderna, showed some good results on the vaccine. But the question comes back is how long gonna last the vaccine? Gonna last three months, six months? Because it's a protein in the body gonna be metabolized, gonna be died, you know, the body gonna get rid of it. But it depends on how how long the immune system in the body going to be activated with this anti-gene. So it might be something that will have to be taken. Nobody knows. The bottom line, nobody knows now. Everything is exper experimental under study and we don't have a final results. Okay. So you, but you think the possibility exists that it could, be, it could work better than a flu vaccination? I, I think like we're going to find a vaccine, but it's a matter of time. Okay. Much, much worse disease than this. We had a vaccine for it. Right. Okay. Like the flu. Okay. Even they mutate and have a new strain every couple of years, but we still have a vaccine. We can find sure. a vaccine, Good. and well, um, we have a, and now we have a mechanism when there's a mutation in the flu. Okay. The vaccine comes out within, you know, less than six months. Well, oftentimes the, the flu vaccinations only maybe forty percent effective. Right. Uh -huh. I know, but that's what we have. 40% effective because of the mutation that can happen. Right. right. So probably the same sort of scenario for COVID then, would you expect? Could be. Okay. We don't know. Right. So doctor, you think the treatment would work better than the vaccine? The treatment for COVID, what do you yeah. mean? So what happened is there, there are a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of studies, right? And and I was looking and most of the studies, I, I will say like probably 60% are doing research for treatment to help improve the, the patient's uh, symptoms or, you know, to get them to the other side, I guess. Uh -huh. And then probably 40% are vaccines. Uh, so, do you think uh, the the treatment will work better than probably the the vaccine? 
Monica, here we're talking about two, two different things. The vaccine is to prevent the disease, mainly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, treatment is to treat the symptoms that can happen with the, uh, with the virus, because of the virus, like the uh, ARDS or the coagulopathy or the other side effect that can happen because of the uh, virus itself. So we're talking about, there, we do what we call supportive care now for the side effect or the symptom that can happen because of the virus, but we're trying to find the vaccine to stop the virus from spreading and causing these symptoms. Okay, Ooh, thank you. Yeah, so let's bring it back for the doctors that are watching, okay? So the inclusion criteria, if me and Chris and Dr. Al and Monica, I mean, we all look at studies for our sites. Uh, we would look at this inclusion exclusion criteria. This is the entire thing. Okay, it's 18 years or older with an ECOG score of zero or one, which basically means you're fully mobile or you're just slightly inhibited, uh, but it doesn't impact your daily activities. So that's just about everybody. Okay, and then exclusion criteria is you have to be, you have to have a positive uh, COVID-19 testing or been in a previous COVID-19 um, uh, vaccine study, pregnant, known hypersensitivity to GM-CSF, known active immune deficiency disease or active HIV, HIV, HBV, HCV. So this is a relatively easy study to enroll patients. And it's only being done so far at one location, Hogue in Newport Beach. And the sponsor is Avita. So they're like a, they're a biotech, it seems like. And I don't know, do you think, Chris, that Hogue will be able to enroll all 180 or if you're a doctor out there that are you know seeing patients and you think many of them are asking you already hey do you have vaccines I know we don't have vaccines but do you have a study that I can join you know I'm a little bit worried I would like to have even an experimental vaccine anything good I mean is this something that uh, realistically you would approach these guys about if you had the capability so uh, as you like to often frame it, gun to my head, I would say uh, initially I was thinking they can enroll under the conditions, initially. Um, whether or not that they're capable of that, um, we'll see, right? But I, I would bet if you were to contact them right now before they're even enrolling, you would get the standard response of we'll keep your information on file. Um, at this time, we're not looking for sites. Something like that, I would bet. I, I, and absolutely, I could be wrong because I'm guessing, but yeah well it doesn't hurt doesn't hurt to ask but this is one Absolutely. example we have two more uh, dr al would you would this study be something you'd be comfortable putting your patients in you're a doctor i i think it's easy study straightforward there is no major complication or major side effect can happen from this study for my patient uh, i think it is a very feasible study for my site okay and we'll be following this too as well the dendritic cell vaccine, uh, okay, so that's the phase 1b2 trial. Now the second study, okay, this one is the uh, treat now study, it's called. So it's trial of early therapies during non-hospitalized outpatient window for COVID-19. So this is for people who already have diagnosed with COVID, but they're outpatient. Okay, so we will conduct an investigator-initiated multi-center so see, investigator initiated is good because you can reach out to the, to the doctor 
who created this study because it's multi-center. So let's see, they want 900 participants, okay? And Chris and I are working on a similar study, by the way, for our CRO, which is also investigator initiated. And they are happy to have as many sites. What's that? Also hydroxychloroquine, which is this study. That's right, that's right. So this, uh, it's randomized, uh, blinded, multi-center, triple masking. So everybody's uh, blinded hydroxychloroquine, matching placebo tablets, uh, lopinavir. So trial of early therapies during non-hospitalized outpatient window. Uh, so they're comparing uh, hydroxychloroquine, then placebo. Uh, they're comparing in group two, lopinavir, and then placebo control. So you can actually get, if you have COVID, from what I'm understanding, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Al, you can be given a placebo or you're guaranteed to get something according to this chart. I think if you're stable, if you're stable as an outpatient, it's his first statement you say, and it is fair to give placebo because most of the people that infected walk in the street now, okay. they, they're not getting anything. So as yeah. a placebo. Now they're taking this patient who's not taking anything, including his information and his results in the clinical trial. Mm -hmm. So you're either going to get hydroxychloroquine, uh, hydroxychloroquine versus yeah. uh, lopinavir in combination with uh, rilonavir, which is antiviral medication, and versus uh, placebo. Okay. So I'm just kind of curious, and I, I don't remember if I was talking with you talking to Dan about this or not, but I was talking to somebody recently. So hydroxychloroquine reduces inflammation. So what? how does this work on COVID? And what, what's your thoughts on that? And uh, one of the process that happened, I'm not the expert in this. I'm an oncologist, but I'm, I've sure. been hearing about this. And uh, so if I miss said something, correct me guys. But uh, the major thing that can happen with COVID is the cyto, cytokine storm. And they're trying to reduce this because this cytokine storm can cause the inflammatory response in the body and trying to reduce it may reduce the inflammation and the, uh, the bad outcome from COVID. Okay, okay. Well, I think, wasn't I talking with this with you, Dan? Yeah, yeah, we were uh, when we were monitoring. Yeah, which I would share that study, but I feel like we shouldn't because we're not we're not neutral parties right. to that. It doesn't make what makes this good is we have nothing to gain or lose by saying this is a good study we would take it, or this is a bad study we wouldn't take it. Which on this on this study, the first study, we actually didn't do what you think a budget would be, and uh, it would be hard to tell how many There's visits enough. there are. Yeah, there's no information there that's really... I, I think in the first study, guys, I'm sorry, but it will be uh, very... Uh, I think they're doing it inside the hospital. Why? That's why they chose the Hulk Center, which is a hospital. It's not a community center because they're going to do the phase one, which is they're going to do the peak and all this right. measurement. The physician may have to stay in the hospital for a couple of days uh, continuously to measure his uh, titer of the... Of the of the antibodies while they're giving the oh yeah vaccine. yes right so maybe here. that's why yeah yeah Great good person. point good point so this would be lucrative for a because it's six months 
six months. Uh, now, I don't think they're staying inpatient the entire six months, but you know, they, they are checking the IgG, IgM, uh, you know, for the uh, uh, efficacy, then for the optimal dose of, of the SARS-CoV-2 antigen. So it's hard to tell what, <clears throat> what the budget would be, but usually phase one studies pay Very pay really expensive. Well. Yeah. Very expensive studies. This one, the second one, is uh, what phase is this? Uh, phase two, outpatient. So this one, we might be able to have more information uh, because look at all these outcomes, primary and secondary. So death, were they hospitalized? And then what, you know, what type of hospitalization were, were they given or not? hospitalized those are the primary outcomes secondary outcomes time frame by day eight so by day 15 so it's a 15 day study looks like oh no day 29 is a modified covid ordinal outcome scale and i think that's it so number of days outside the hospital hospital free days is one of the other secondary uh, and we're going to put all the links in the underneath the video and in the show notes so you can see for yourself just um, remember dan the 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 treatment for this in hydroxychloroquine is only for four days for the antiviral is 14 days so ah. the measure okay and if you look in the, the on the study itself explanation they, they they put this there so that's why it is only 29 days I got you. It makes more sense now. And they have locations. They have University of Colorado, another medical center, Vanderbilt. So this is being done by a university, Vanderbilt, and in collaboration with uh, uh, AbbVie. So I guess they're doing this on the patients that are coming into the hospital with, uh, you know, COVID symptoms, but even though it's outpatient. Yeah, they have like, more ability to screen the patients. That's why, maybe. Sorry, okay. Monica, go ahead. No, no, I just was, was going to mention that that one is for 900 patients. So it's a lot more. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're a site and interested in the study, this would be one that would be worth contacting. So right. And, and, and to me, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, to me, this one seems to be probably having a better, I mean, a very good uh, budget too. No. Well, as both Dr. Allen and Dan pointed out, the other one was a phase one trial. It's going to have a more lucrative budget. Um, but again, I just don't think they're going to be looking for other sites. But I would contact them if interested. Um, but I, I don't think this budget is going to be something to sneeze at either. It's, it's going to be reasonably good. Because the, the, the inclusion and exclusion says that the, the patient population that they want is people that have the COVID but are not getting pretty much treatment yet and it's in between certain period of times that they have the so, condition. So at this point, I've negotiated two COVID budgets for our clients. Both of them are very similar. They're both right around $8,000 per completed patient. And they're both, mm -hmm. I think, around six total visits and half of those are phone call visits. Um, so that's a good budget. If you're only coming to the clinic three times and the patient, uh, completed patient total is $8,000, a good budget. Um, so yeah, I, I would speculate this would probably be similar just because, you know, my experience thus far, um, probably something very similar. 29 state day, uh, study that's very similar to the other two. Um, 
most of the visits will probably be phone call visits, as the other two were, um, and then a few on-site visits. Seems to be kind of the, the standard for these studies, but again, with my limited experience. So for the third study, okay, evaluating safety, tolerability, immunogenicity of BACTRL spike vaccine for prevention of COVID-19. So another vaccine. What is this, Dr. L? Oh, wow, that's, that's something really <laughs> new. That's something really new. That's uh, the BACTRLs uh, is uh, something that... Uh, a platform that's made by a company called SYNVIVO, S-Y-M-V-I-V-O, and they're trying to uh, give genetically modified uh, probiotic bacteria to colonize the gut, and because we know the gut is full of the lymphoid tissue, and trying to produce immunogenicity through the guts for the body. And it is a phase, uh, it is like it's still a preclinical study. Okay, so they're trying to see the effect of, you, you see the dosing for it is in 1 billion and 10 billion. That's the probiotic dosing that you find over the counter. But this is a probiotic that genetically modified and given to the patient. And the, the Simvoy, uh, Sim Vivo, BCR trial black platform that are the the doing it. Okay. Like the ringtone, Dr. L. Yes, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, I think this one is an oral vaccine, isn't it? It is a vaccine, uh, but it is uh, Yeah, orally delivered orally delivered where it can stimulate uh, your uh, uh, gut to produce antibodies against the vaccine. Interesting. Uh, very interesting. Mm. Of course, we know, we know somebody who would be interested exactly in that. We can't mention that. We can't mention that. Okay, so detailed description. Uh, first in human study. So phase one trial designed to evaluate the safety and tolerability of the orally delivered BACTRL spike vaccine in healthy adults. Uh, Let's see what the inclusion exclusion criteria because they're breaking it down into different groups, different cohorts. Uh, Six groups. Yeah. With and without. Yeah, and the previous one was nine. The previous, the, the first one, that, the first vaccine that we were talking, they were they had uh, nine arms. Yeah. And this, this is, is four, but four times two. So you get placebo or single data, uh, total anticipated enrollment, uh, 84 receiving active vaccine and 28 receiving placebo, bacterial medium only. So let's see what the inclusion and exclusion is. Here's the treatment arms, interventional treatment. Uh, what do you think about this, Dr. L, the way it's designed? I, I think the designation is like to say different dosing of the vaccine, 1 billion, 3 billion, and 10 billion uh, colony uh, for, uh, for forming units of the, uh, of the plasma-induced uh, antibody versus placebo, which is, will, will be fair and give you much better, uh, much better results or end results about what you're looking at and measure the antibody response uh, for different dosing of the vaccine. 
Okay. Uh, let's see, outcome measures. Frequency of AEs. Which is secondary. Safety. Yeah, it's all safety. Up to 12 months post-vaccine. And then uh, immune response against. So they're seeing how the body works against the, the spike protein. Uh, incidence of COVID-19 infection up to 12 months post-vaccine uh, time frame. So you have, uh, and then they have a stool post-vaccination. So uh, what is this? Isolation of viable bacterial spike from stool post-vaccination. Huh, okay. This because they're one. giving it orally. So they want to yeah. see if there is, is it absorbed? Is it working in the body? Maybe the one million, the one billion will work. The ten billion will be excess and will be secreted. Yeah. So why they should waste it? That's why. So nineteen and older, uh, which is interesting age. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then here it says eighteen and older. Um, I think it's so, a Yeah, we found a mistake. Uh, okay, inclusion <laughs> criteria: eighteen, capable to do consent able to understand and agrees to comply. This is a, you think you need a phase one center with overnight stays for this or this outpatient? No, no, this is outpatient only because the, the, the measurement is not every, on a very frequent basis. It's right, right. Okay, and then exclusion. So this is more typical of inclusion exclusion for most studies yeah. that we're used to. You know, you have like nine, I, you know, inclusion, 27 excluded ones. <laughs> I mean, they don't allow asthma medications, right? Uh, corticosteroids, they don't allow a lot of stuff. So it would be hard to enroll patients. But uh, let's see, they want, uh, where's the numbers here? They want, so they have. 112. UCSD. They want 112. Okay, they have mm -hmm. only three sites. So UCSD, um, one in British Columbia, another hospital. And another one in Canada, uh, Nova Scotia, Canadian Center for Vaccinology. So, I mean, being that it's a private company. Yeah, this is the name of the platform. Yeah. Vivo. So it wouldn't hurt if you, like, would you apply for this study, Dr. Al, for your practice? Or some? do you know anybody that would probably benefit from doing this study as a doctor? Like to enroll patients? I, I think this is a very novel study and uh, clinically it is very, uh, very nice type of study like to be done because it's uh, easy, it's something oral and what you have to do after that is just mainly to draw blood and uh, check for the, and stool to check for the yeah. response uh, for the vaccine. So Chris, if you, for a site, for a doctor out there looking to do research, like how, as far as the budgets, you know, where would this one fall into? Any information uh, on number of visits? Uh, no, but they're... It says 12 to 13 months. So at least once a month or twice a month. Yeah. Um, up to 12 months. It's going to be at least once day 7, 14, 21, and one in three months post-vaccine. And then it's another 12 months post-vaccine. Well, There's probably like 10 visits or 12 visits maybe. And most oh. of those are like their clinic visits, right? Not over the phone. Yeah, they yeah. would all have to be. 
with labs and stool right. samples and uh, different things like that. So it's pretty involved. And it might be more than 12 visits. I'm just estimating here. Sure. You're probably looking at around 15,000 completed patients, you might guess. Okay. So this is probably uh, still less paying than this one, but it's still a healthy budget for studies. I mean, above average. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I will have the population for this study, for any of these studies, if uh, they offered it to your uh, uh, your firm, guys. I think it is very feasible yeah. and fast to, to be done. I think so too, especially with the 112 uh, patients amongst those three studies. But we all know recruitment is slow, so there's always rescue sites brought on. You know, they're literally called rescue sites because they're rescuing a study from low enrollment. And oftentimes these academic centers, I mean, I'm not talking, I don't know anything about UCSD or certainly not these other ones in Canada, but oftentimes academic centers start off very good with enrollment and then just kind of phase out either because they got more projects or they just ran out of the patients or the staff, you know, there's a lot of turnover coordinators left. And so there's so many studies at these type of institutions. There's always an opportunity for a private clinic to get involved, especially yeah. as an add on site. So don't be scared if you're a doctor watching this and you know, like you should apply to all three of these. I mean, it's unlikely they're all going to say yes. None of them are probably going to say yes, but you just do this enough. I mean, the context is here. You just do this enough to where eventually you're going to be selected. And now, now you're going to understand, you know, what it takes to do research and all these kind of things. So those are the three studies and all these kind of things. So those are the three studies as we wrap up. Every week, we're actually going to be looking at different, three or four different studies, maybe five, and talking similar. Like it's not always going to be about coronavirus, but right now, I mean, we're in, we're living in the real world. There's tons of coronavirus studies. So we're going to be talking about a lot more of them. Maybe next week we'll do more COVID. Maybe we can have an expert on. I know Dr. Al has some colleagues that are, you know, treating patients with COVID. Uh, we I can talk have to a couple on. of them and they're more than happy to sit and talk to, to us about the more specific, Good. specific things. Yeah, maybe they know about some studies that they're actually uh, curious about, so we can discuss those studies too. So that would be good. That would be good uh, for these Zoom meetings. And we're always going to try to make it practical for the doctors because it's not just to learn about the science. I mean, that's great, but it's to learn, okay, how does this apply to me if I want to do research and I'm the doctor? And then we try to throw in the budgets and kind of what we do. The three studies we saw, the first one, if you have a phase one unit, you can do it. That's probably the most complicated study from the three. The second two, uh, the, or the last two were uh, relatively simple, uh, especially the second one. And then the third one we saw uh, looked like a good budget as well. So just wanted to make it practical for you guys. If you ever need help setting up your sites, getting studies, we're available. You know, we've got another company called Republic of Research where we're helping sites get set up with studies from an operational standpoint anyways. So thank you guys.